It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagle, and today we're talking to cattle rancher and vet Dr. Tara Barnhart in the second installment of our Faces of Farming series. Welcome to the second in our Faces of Farming series, an idea that grew out of the desire that many of us have to know more about where our food comes from. Few of us have the opportunity to visit a working ranch or farm or fields and see for ourselves what goes on there on a day-to-day -day basis. What does it take to get our food from the field to our tables and who are the people that are doing this vital work? Each week, we'll be talking to someone from a different part of the agricultural community about what drives them, their hopes and fears for the future of farming, how their industry is working to improve conditions for animals and workers, to protect the environment, to increase sustainability, and so on. Last week, we talked to vegetable grower Dale Huss, who manages hundreds of fields for Ocean Mist, a company that grows over a dozen different types of conventional and organic vegetables and delivers millions of pounds of fresh produce to grocery stores all over the country every week. This week, we're talking to Dr. Tara Barnhart. She's a doctor of veterinary medicine, proud daughter of the Sunflower State, that's Kansas, for those of you who don't know, and the coordinator of animal health and welfare for a company called Cattle Empire in Kansas. Now, I've talked in past podcasts about the various issues and concerns related to beef and red meat in general. There have been some high-profile studies over the years linking red meat to increased risk of disease, and this has led many to consider eliminating red meat from their diet. However, as I've pointed out, the health risks associated with red meat consumption are only seen in those who are eating two or three or more servings of red meat every single day. Those who are eating only two or three servings a week, on the other hand, tend to have the same risks as those who never eat red meat. Meanwhile, lean beef is a superior source of certain nutrients, including protein, iron, and B12. Other studies have demonstrated that when red meat is consumed in the context of a healthy diet, it can actually improve heart health. And when you consider that red meat is often higher in heart-healthy monounsaturated fats than chicken or turkey is, that doesn't seem all that surprising. But health and nutrition are not the only concerns. Some people choose not to consume meat for moral, ethical, or religious reasons. Others want to be assured that animals that we raise for food are treated humanely. Now, like you, I've heard some very disturbing stories about poor treatment of livestock. 
But I've also visited a fair number of feed yards and cattle ranches. And I have to tell you that the reality that I have observed is much different than what I've seen portrayed in some of those sources. And that's part of what I hope to accomplish with this series, to give you an opportunity to virtually visit some of the places where your food is produced and to talk to the people that are engaged in that work on a daily basis. They may live far from us. They may have lives that are very different from ours, but these are our neighbors. And more importantly, without these neighbors, there would be no food on our plates. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Tara, welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and excited to represent the beef industry. And I'm very thankful to you for having me and having this type of content on your podcast. I think it's very exciting and very useful to consumers. Um, one thing we all have in common, we all need to eat. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you for being with us today. So I read that you grew up on a family farm and ranch right there in Kansas. And that seems to be the case for so many of the farmers that are talked to. Farming and ranching runs in the family. Is this just something that you have to be born into? Does anybody come into this industry cold? I would say um, you're exactly correct. The vast majority of farmers and ranchers, um, it has been passed down through their families. It is something that the land is a huge investment. The Sometimes um, any sort of ground that you have to purchase or herd that you have to purchase, it takes a lot of money. And so the first generation may not see the fruits of their labor. Um, and so passing it down generation to generation is something um, that's very common. Uh, one thing I do want consumers to understand as well is that I have many friends and colleagues in the agricultural industry that have just joined this industry because of an interest in science or biology. Hmm. Um, they might just have an interest like yourself in nutrition, um, where their food comes from, and they, they come out and they work in the industry and they get hooked. And so the vast majority, it is in our blood, I would say, um, or passed down through our family. But there are some, uh, some exceptions to that rule for sure. 
Well, tell us a little bit about Cattle Empire, where you're working right now. How many cows are there and what's happening while they're there with you at Cattle Empire? Cattle Empire, so since we already talked about family, um, it is one of the larger family-owned cattle feeding operations in the United States. And it's very exciting to be a part of a family that feeds other families. And so the Brown family owns Cattle Empire. They're part of the management team here. They're here every day. Um, and then they employ a lot of, of people who have always been involved in agriculture. A cattle feed yard is a place where cattle are brought off of grass usually or off of um, some sort of pasture setting. And then they're brought into our feed yard and put on a feed that includes hay and corn and vitamins and minerals um, that are essential to raise healthy beef. And we actually just finish the cattle out. And so they're with us for a very short period of their lives. So they're not born there. They come there actually towards the end of their life. That's a a really good point to make. Cattle are not born at the feed yard. They're born out on pasture at, at multiple different ranches, we bring in cattle to our feed yard from across the United States. And so um, cattle are born out on the ranches. They're raised up um, by the the cows, the moms. And then when they are weaned, they are usually put into a different pasture setting um, and kept on grass until they gain a little bit more weight, get their immune systems set up for success, and then eventually head to the feed yard. So we have cattle with us for about four months um, on average, and that is the only time period that they are at the feed yard. So do any of the cows that grow up on the ranch that your family has in Kansas end up there at Cattle Empire with you? Yes, actually, um, our cattle that that my family raises will end up at the feed yard in a couple weeks. We're still going through the weaning process at our farm. And then since my family grows um, crops, we are able to utilize some of the crops. So right now the wheat is in um, a growing stage, and so we can utilize wheat, let the cattle consume it, um, and then we'll pull the cattle off and send them to the feed yard so we get some additional growth and development on those cattle before they go to the feed yard, but yet it doesn't hurt the wheat. And so that wheat will go on and be a crop for um, my family's farm, and then the cattle can go to the feed yard and get finished out. So before we uh, got on to record today's podcast, you were actually out in the feedlot. Just draw us a little picture. What were you looking at? (laughs) So we got in some new cattle, and they came to us from Arkansas. So they traveled quite a ways to get up here. Um, And so trucks would bring them to us. And so what I was doing, um, I like to think of it like the welcoming committee (laughs) or at the hotel, you know, they're coming to stay with us for a while. And so we unload them off the truck. Um, I lead them to a pen that allows them to get hay and water. And it has, um, corn stalk bales on the floor of the pen. And so they're able to lay down on something comfortable because from Arkansas to Kansas is is a long way to travel on a truck. And so immediately I want to um, get them comfortable, get them used to their surroundings. And just while I'm on foot out there, I can kind of lead them to the things that they need, which are just very similar to what humans need. We need, 
you know, comfort and, and food and water right away. And so they will be resting this afternoon. Um, and I'll check on them again this afternoon just to make sure that everything's going well. I might actually get them up to exercise them um, because we want cattle, you know, it's not, it's not unlike if, if you ran a long marathon and then you sat down to rest after after eating and drinking, then you'll want to get up and walk around and kind of stretch your legs again. So it's sure. kind of the same thought process. It's um, just good animal husbandry. And that's a big part of my job is working with our employees here at Cattle Empire to make sure that they um, provide these things for the cattle because it really sets up the immune system for success. And so that's what my goal as the veterinarian at a feedlot is, is to make sure that their immune system can handle any challenges. And a big part of that is what I consider just good animal husbandry. Um, so that's a majority of my day, I guess, is making sure um, that the animals are, are taken care of. But a big part of that starts when they first arrive at the feed yard. So is that part about um, setting their immune system up for success? Does, is that is keeping their stress levels down part of that? It's almost what I hear you saying. Absolutely. So um, I, I have a couple of tools in my toolbox, right? And so um, a big part of setting an immune system up for success in the feed yard is, is reducing all types of stress. And so mm-hmm. that's why I really like to walk into the pen um, on foot. I'm on their level. I make eye contact with them. Um, and then I lead them to things that are comforting, like water and food. And then that way they know after that, that any interaction with a human um, is going to lead me to something I enjoy. And so we kind of set um, set them up to trust us and set them up for success in the feed yard. Um, that's just one of the big tools in my toolbox to make sure um, that they are cared for appropriately. And you're exactly right. The the tenet of that is that we do that by minimizing stress um, and making any sort of stressful event that they go through as comfortable as we can. So you've been in this business for a while now, but you also grew up uh, watching this happen on your, on your family ranch. What has changed about this process over the last, say, 20 years or as far back as you can remember? Are, has it, are we still doing it the way we've always done it, or have there been some changes in how we think about this process and manage this process? I would say um, growing up in the beef industry, I've seen a lot of big things not change. Um, agriculturalists are dedicated to taking good care of their animals. Um, we're, we're good stewards of the land. We're good stewards of the animals that are trusted in our care. And, and that's very much driven by our consumers. Um, we have to, we have a huge responsibility um, to produce a safe and nutritious product. And we're very proud of the beef that we put on your table, but we want you to know um, at the end of the day, we're putting it on our tables too. Mm-hmm. And so there's some big major concepts that, that won't ever change. They don't ever go out of style, you know, taking good care of, of the animals that are trusted in your care. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't change or, or become a new, um, groundbreaking idea or innovation. Um, There are some really neat things that we've been able to do over the years. Um, 
as people have studied animal behavior. So you've maybe heard of Temple Grandin or Bud Williams, some of these people who have dedicated their lives to studying how animals interact with humans and how we can continually get better. That being said, we can't always do things the way our grandfather taught us how to do, right? Um, any sustainable business with um, success in its future can't continue to do things the way um, that we've always done it. And so there are things that have helped us get more efficient and there are things that have helped us um, be better stewards of our resources. And that just helps us continue um, to carry these businesses on and eventually pass them on to the next generation, either in our families or in, in other agricultural families. So, Can you give me an example of um, a new innovation or technology that has made that incremental difference in um, use of resources, for example? Oh, yes. Um, I guess. I'll kind of give you a taste of the old and the new. Um, One thing that happens at the feed yard every single day um, is that we have cowboys that ride horses and they ride through every single pen. And so we have just over 51,000 head of cattle at Cattle Empire. And that is a lot of animals to keep track of, to make sure that they're healthy, to check on every single day. We call them pen riders. And so they ride all of the pens every single day. Um, So if it's raining, somebody is out there. If it's Christmas, somebody is out Mm -hmm. there. Um, So you can imagine it is is hard work, but it's it's rewarding because they they get to spend their days on a horse, which is what they want to do. And they are experts in finding the sick cattle or the cattle that need um, any sort of attention. And they might call me and say, hey, something is wrong with pen 206. Can you run by and look at it? And I'll actually log on to a computer, check how they've been eating, check um, how many animals have been um, notified as sick out of that group. And and a lot of times, you know, I'll go check the water tank, I'll check the feed bunk, I'll check and make sure that there's nothing in the pen that physically is causing a problem. And then sometimes... Um, We'll add a like the cornstalk bedding to the pen, or I'll get up and exercise the cattle to make sure um, that they all get up and and get their exercise for the day. And so these pen riders are an integral part of the feed yard. Um, you can imagine it's hard to keep people in that position. It's it's hard work. It's cold. It's raining some days. It's snowing. Um, nobody wants to work on Christmas, and so those types of Um, positions are ones that would drive someone in my position as a veterinarian to find things that make us better, um, that would make us more sustainable. And so um, one tool that we are looking at in the feed yard that um, you said innovation, and I think this is is one of the most exciting innovations that we're working on right now is a blood test that we can run very quickly. So if you go to the doctor and you're sick and they don't know what is going on, they'll they'll pull blood and run blood work. And sometimes you have to wait like three or four hours to get the results. And then a doctor or a nurse calls you and gives you the recommendation. Um, 
we're looking at the same type of technology, but we need to know right away because we have so many animals to deal with. And so this technology allows us to look at blood work um, in about, it's less than a minute. And so it's wow. Very, so very right cool. there in the pen. Yes. It's, um, the cowboys still have to bring it up to the barn, um, but we can look at the blood work right away in the barn mm-hmm. and just be more exact on our diagnosis. We can figure out, because cattle are prey animals. And so by, you know, by biology, they hide any sort of sickness or weakness. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, cattle will trick our guys and they, they say, you know, I think this one's sick, but I'm not really sure. And so they bring it up to the, the hospital and we check it out. And a lot of times, um, we just want to be more more accurate in our diagnosis. Those kinds of innovations uh, excite me about veterinary medicine in the feed yard because I think um, it can only make us better at treating sick animals, making sure that they um, really need the treatment when, when we think they need it. Um, it just gives us something that is a less subjective measure and it really allows us to put a number on it. As a science nerd, I think that's super exciting. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, if we can be more precise about our use of therapeutics, uh, that helps to keep them potent for us in the future. If we don't have to just kind of yeah, throw absolutely. everything at everything because we're not quite sure what's going on. So Tara, what would those majority of consumers who have never had a chance to actually come to a feed yard, um, what might they be really surprised to see? if they had a chance to visit your operation? What would they never expect to see? Or what are the people who visit your yard, what what do you see them be surprised by? I think the most interesting thing is um, we kind of have this dichotomy of technology and people, and we still need so much of both. And so I think it is fascinating when we tell people or show people um, who have never been to a feed yard the computer sequence to feeding the cattle. Um, Every animal is fed at a similar time every single day. And so you can think of how much technology and how many people behind that simple task of, well, it's not simple is the the point. of getting feed out to all of these animals every single day. And so if if anybody listening is interested in IT, I cannot imagine um, keeping computers and keeping the technology working in a situation where there is dust and wind and um, <laughs> right. rain. And, you know, so the technology manure. is so impressive. Yeah, manure. I mean... The other day I was on a conference call and I dropped my phone into a pile of cow manure. And the fact that my phone still works after that blows my mind, right? Because we we just we really push our technology to to the limit at a feed yard. And I think people would be very surprised to see that. But also um uh, it should give you a lot of confidence in the beef that you're serving to your family. Um, because there is so much technology behind what we're doing. Um, Every animal is kept track of in our computer system. We know when it was treated, if it was sick. 
um, when its last meal was, we can, you know, we can track down everything for all the animals at the feed yard. And so that sort of integration of um, people raising the beef that you're going to eat, putting in so much effort to make sure that the technology is there to protect this huge job that we have. We need to make sure that we're doing this correctly and we take that very seriously and and we rely very heavily on technology to make that happen. So Tara, obviously this is not an easy way to make a living. It's a lot of work and as you say, it's the same amount of work whether it's raining or snowing or a holiday or you woke up with a cold. What keeps you in this profession? Surely there must be easier ways for you to apply your education and your, your training. So what, what keeps you in, in this profession? I'd be lying if I said there weren't days where I think, gosh, there's got to be an easier way to do that, <laughs> right? <laughs> there, there are many ways um, to apply my education and, and to apply um, the knowledge and, and things that I have been fortunate enough to to learn in my lifetime. Uh, what keeps me in the beef industry is that my family raised me in a way that that they wanted me to make sure that whatever I became when I grew up was exactly where I wanted to be. Um, and so I told myself at a young age that I, I would not let them down and that every day when I hit the road, I'm excited about what I'm going to do. And I cannot think of a more exciting thing to me um, then when I hit the road every morning, I, I know that I'm feeding people and that, that's a noble, um, profession and a noble industry to be a part of, um, because the population is growing. And so we hear those challenges, the consumer is changing. And so we want to meet those, meet those needs and meet those changes with transparency. We want to talk to our consumers because they're the only reason that we're still in business. <laughs> and so now that, you know, something as, as simple as recording a podcast on a Monday morning um, with a nutritionist, that's exciting to me because that just links me um, to the end user of our product and says, hey, there is a veterinarian in Kansas who, who could not care any more about the food that that you're serving to your family because she serves it to her family. So if your listeners have questions, if you have questions, we're happy um, to answer those and, and be transparent because I hit the road every day to my job um, with that much excitement. And that keeps me going because you're exactly right. It's not an easy way to make a living. There's a lot of risk involved. We can have snowstorms. We can have um, markets that really hurt us. You think about a lot of political things that can affect the cattle market that changes how we can make a profit in the future. And so those kinds of things, this is a, this is a very risky business, um, but it's one that that my family has always been involved in, and it's one that um, I find very noble. And so I'm excited to maybe pass that on to my kids. Well, Tara, I want to thank you so much for taking some time, valuable time out of your busy day to talk with us today. And I also want to thank the listeners for listening. I'm going to be back next week with the next installment of Faces of Farming. We're going to be talking to Greg France, who grows strawberries and 
plenty of them with his wife in California. And you'll find the rest of our Faces of Farming series, as well as the entire archive of Nutrition Diva podcasts on our website at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com. And you'll find me on the Nutrition Diva Facebook page and at nutritionovereasy.com. Have a great week, everyone. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.